We work hard as physicians to take care of the health and well-being of our patients. But when it comes to our money, do we have the same condition of care? Probably, probably not. Let's change that together. Welcome to the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast, where we'll fight and advocate for your financial literacy. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. Thanks for being here. Let's jump into the show. Hey guys, I want to welcome you guys to the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast. We've got a great episode this week. Before we begin, please hit the subscribe button as well as the notifications bell and be sure to like, comment, and share if you like this episode and we'll get into this week's sponsor and show. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This week's episode is sponsored by CityVest. CityVest has quickly become the most popular and best way for doctors to invest in top-performing real estate private equity funds that are usually reserved for institutional investors. This unique access to investing in these institutional funds is available for the first time ever through CityVest easy and secure online investment platform. CityVest does the hard work of conducting due diligence and vetting the investments. They even get a third-party due diligence report that is posted on their website. As a result of aggregating a several million dollar investment amount into their access funds, CityVest gains access to investing in the institutional investment and is able to negotiate better investment terms such as a 12% preferred return. You can check them out at cityvest.com or go to the link in the show notes below. Now on to the show. Before we begin today's content, here is a quick disclaimer. The information and material presented here is for informational purposes only and should not be construed as investment advice. The content is not a recommendation to buy or to sell. Some of the content may be for credited investors only or may be sponsored posts. Every investment carries risks. Results have not been verified. So carefully weigh those risks against your investment goals and objectives and see if acting on the information matches with your investment thesis. Do your due diligence prior to investing. And as always, do not invest more than you can afford to lose. So welcome everybody to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast. And I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as you know, we talk about four different types of freedom, time, location, emotional, and financial freedom. And so I'm always out there looking for guests, entrepreneurs that are doing things on the cutting edge so I can bring you the information and materials so that you can be empowered to live your best life. So today we have a um, entrepreneur, he's the founder of Plain, so it's Matt Lobel, and uh, it's going to be a really interesting conversation because um, 
we're going to talk all about Web3, uh, crypto and games, metaverse, NFTs, uh, which is really a fascinating subject. I know the markets now are, aren't reflecting that, but I, there's a lot of potential for this um, field. So Matt, welcome. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting time to be in crypto, is it not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, looked at the prices and, you know, most coins are down 80, 90%. Bitcoin over the weekend crashed to uh, 18K. Ethereum under like it was 800 or 900. So it's really, you know, when these drawdowns happen, they happen fast and quick. So they they do and uh you know historically this this is probably pretty close to the bottom so i keep telling people don't be scared this is like a black friday sale on crypto just yeah. be discerning on what you uh on, on what you think you want to get into yeah yeah there's to, there's a lot of asymmetric opportunities and um it's like uh one person was telling me you know uh be careful but you know there's tremendous upside so there, there is. I mean, you, you never want to say it can't go lower, can't get worse, because it certainly can. Um, but when you look at the Bitcoin drawdown of sixty uh, percent uh, from of its value, sixty six percent from its high, I mean, it, it's going to bottom out here at some point. Um, and while I'm not necessarily saying hop on the Bitcoin bandwagon, there are certainly some uh, opportunities. I know that. That I've uh, I've gotten myself heavily into uh, Cardano um, because I really believe in that uh, platform and and so this has been an op a buying opportunity for me because it's dirt cheap and yeah. I, I believe it's going to go much higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, um, I know you know I know your backstory and but uh, tell the listeners you know your background your story, how you got started, and we'll go from there. Yeah, that sounds that sounds fair. Um, I'll give you the 60,000 foot flyover from the beginning uh, to now, and uh, then you can, uh, we can parachute into anything you have uh, an interest in talking about. But uh, basically, uh, I've always been an entrepreneur my entire life. Uh, actually, as a kid, I, I would have told you I wanted to start a business when um, I was as young as 12. Started my first business at 18. Uh, I was going to Berkeley College of Music up in Boston, and I started a sound company. Moved down to Tampa, Florida, and at uh, in Florida, I started my uh, business that I currently operate. That was about uh, 29 years ago, and that was Sparrow Enterprises Incorporated because I had no idea what I wanted to do, and so I needed a super generic name. Um, I wound up... Uh, working uh, with Advantis as my first client uh, because I worked for them as an employee and they were a subsidiary of IBM and they were cutting personnel. And I said, fire me and then hire me. And they did. Um, wound up creating one of the uh, first 500 commercial websites in existence. And yes, that does make me old now. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, I did multimedia for them. Uh, and then that transitioned into e-learning. I did e-learning for uh, IBM, AT&T, AutoNation, America Online, um, a bunch of, of big Fortune uh, 100 companies. And uh, then outsourcing hit us and um, our business uh, went away in a six-month time span because our largest co uh, customers outsourced uh, to India branches that they had. And... Um, 
I wound up transitioning over to media and started Narrator Files, which uh, is a company still, or I should say it is a brand because it's still under the same company umbrella, but it's still in existence. And that is stock photography and um, voiceover production. And so then fast forward to where we are now, I'm starting Play-In. Uh, it's been, uh, it, I should, should say it started and we have a MVP game uh, that has been developed. It's uh, right now what I would consider pre-alpha because MVP can be a lot of different things. It's pre-alpha, it's playable. We have a small community built and we're growing that and it, it will be the first game on the play-in ecosystem and the playing ecosystem will be a blockchain-based game uh, ecosystem with APIs that will, per, uh, will allow the transfer of assets and currency between games. And it will all be based over a um, metaverse. So there, I've, uh, I've taken you on the uh, F-16 flyover of my life. And you tell me where you want to uh, drop in. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, this is this is fascinating because you're on the cutting edge. Um, especially now these times, it's um, it's great to be a builder, developer, entrepreneur, especially in this space because all the weak players go away, and so the you know the real people in this space they start to you know the best ideas come out of these bear markets. So, um, yes, absolutely. It's it's kind of a winnowing effect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, tell us why why Web three is the um, uh, next entrepreneurial playground. Yeah, so the the big draw with Web three is uh, trustless. Like you're going to hear trustless done uh, a million and one different ways. Um, but the essence of it is that you don't have to feel like an organization has everything. Um, in their control, if you will. You're gonna own things. Now in the Web3 gaming space, the GameFi space, what that means is that assets within games uh, should be owned by players and that players' time that they invest in the game is actually uh, valued and reimbursable in some way. Uh, it means different things in different spaces though, like in social spaces, the um, Web3 social sites are ones in which you own your identity. And if the company wants to use your identity, they have to get permission from you. So um, there's a, an, an environment that's being set up where uh, distributed environments allow the users, or in my case, the players, more control, more input, and more value than what they have previously seen. Yeah, that's really that's really interesting, and um, I'm really curious, especially with um, with scalability. Um, like, uh, what? How is blockchain gaming the future of the gaming industry? Well, it comes down to again valuing the player's time. Like, if I was to tell you, and you were a player, if I was to say, "Hey, you've got two games, and each of the games are going to be fun." But this game, you're going to be paying a, a, bunch of, um, a bunch of money into it. And this other game, you have the potential to earn money. I mean, which are you going to go for? It's a pretty, it's the, it's a no-brainer, right? I mean, it's like one of those things where you go, uh, really? Is that a question? So that is part of the reason there's a future in it, is that you have the value of the player's time. But there's also the aspects of 
what we're building, which is kind of unique, and that is transportability of assets. So previously, if you were in a game and you got a really cool skin, um, and for, for those listeners that may or may not be aware of what that would be, uh, in a game, a skin is just the way a character looks. So you got a skin, and then you decided, mm, really not into this game anymore. And you decide to play a different game. Well, this skin that you got, and you probably paid for it, uh, it's gone. You have no way to recover that. Uh, there's no transportability. There's not even ownership. Like you own it, it's in your account, but that's it. In the games that we're creating, uh, first of all, any asset within the game can be bought and sold by players inside the game. So if you got that skin and you're like, hey, I really don't need it, but it is a cool skin, you put it in the auction house and you sell it to another player. They then own that asset. And let's say that they say, you know, Darklin Wars, which is our first game, Darklin Wars is, is cool, but I'm, I'm kind of done with the genre. I want to go into first person shooters. You take that asset and you could sell it, you know, and then just take the money out of the game. But you could choose to transfer that asset. And maybe it goes into a first person shooter game where it, uh, it transforms a little bit, most likely, because we want to keep game integrity. We don't want to bring a skin in that looks really radically odd in the game, but you could then use it in another game. Um, all of our game objects are going to be usable in the metaverse. So you could bring it into the metaverse and show your friends who don't play Dark and Wars, hey, check out the cool skin that I got. And that's really revolutionary for games. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's quite, it's so interesting because um, they say that uh, gaming, gaming is the, um, is the dark horse because, uh, you know, there's like, so much talk about games and then i think i think it may be early and you know we have like early adopters and developers such as yourself we hope you don't mind this brief interruption from one of our affiliates another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Doc to doc is a personal lending solution designed by doctors for doctors. We understand that doctors' financial situations change faster than an insulin drip in ketoacidosis. And we also understand that doctors are the most reliable borrowers in the world. Through our proprietary algorithm, we're able to provide personal loans at great rates with amazing flexibility because we take into account your schooling, your specialty, and where you are in the medical journey. Doctors come to us after they've matched into residency and we loan for all sorts of personal reasons, from credit card debt consolidation to family expenses and medical bills. We speak with everyone who applies for a loan and offer fixed interest rates and flexible term options without prepayment penalties. If you're a physician looking for a personal loan, fill out our application form now. It only takes three minutes and we'll get back to you with a decision within 24 hours. What are the various issues that need to be overcome within the blockchain gaming industry in order for it to reach like a iPhone moment or just like mainstream adoption? So that's a great question because it's kind of what we're focused on with play-in. Um, 
there's a $180 billion market. I mean, wrap your head around that for a second. It's a lot of cash. Yeah. $180 billion gaming market. It increases every year. There is no, there is no bear market for games. <laughs> um, crypto games only account for four to five billion of that. And when you reflect on what I said earlier, which is it's a no-brainer, like why would you rather pay than earn? Um, you've got to say, well, there's there's a reason, right? I mean, it's not like this was invented yesterday. It's been around for a few years. And we've identified several pain points. There's technological barriers. Um, so if you're to play, let's say, Axie Infinity today, which is the largest crypto game that's out there, um, the very first thing you have to do is you have to install a wallet. And uh, a lot of folks, uh, gamers included, are going, a wallet? What? What's that? So <laughs> there's a technological barrier right there, put right in front of you. And then there's um, a financial barrier. The same game, your minimum investment would probably be a couple hundred dollars to get the little characters you fight with. To get a competitive team, you're dropping a thousand dollars. So without ever playing the game, it's asking you for money. So there's a financial barrier. And then there's a gameplay barrier. A lot of these games are made by people who are not game designers, they're technology people. So they're just not fun. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how else to say it. Um, I'm not trying to be cruel to them, but it's, it's just not fun. So what we're looking to do is distribute the games through traditional channels, Apple App Store, Google Play, Steam, uh, as well as through direct downloads. Um, there's no financial uh, requirement up front. These are all going to be free to play games. Um, and the technology barrier is removed because we're not going to ask you to hook up a wallet when you first start playing. If you want to move funds down the road, then yes, you have to hook up a wallet and the game will walk you through the process. But at that point, you're kind of motivated to do it, right? I mean, you've got money at play now. Oh. Here's, here's the, the main gist of this. In order to hit the mass market, you've got to make everything easy because any game developer will tell you the toughest thing they have to do is stop a player from uninstalling the game in the first five minutes. And the next toughest thing they need to do is stop them from uninstalling the game in the first 24 hours. So when you look at those barriers and you stack them on top of what is traditionally a difficult churn rate to you you basically limited yourself to four to five billion dollars out of a 180 billion dollar market yeah. uh, we're going to change that that's that's our goal is to change that and bring crypto games to the mass market yeah i'm also curious um how how is um really just like in terms of traditional games, because before you had like Xbox and now you have like online and is streaming. And then how has blockchain really changed gaming? Just, you know, it's um, that's my own curiosity. From a distribution standpoint, I, I, is that kind of where you're heading with that? Yeah. Yeah. Because like, yeah. What, like, why would somebody uh, utilize a blockchain game versus just, you know, a standard like, PlayStation 2, you know, they can go online or, you know, Xbox or something like that. So really what we're talking about is we're talking about distribution channels. When we start talking about, you know, PlayStation, Xbox versus uh, web-based, because they're all going to have crypto eventually. Uh -huh. 
I mean, that's, that's, you know, the way things are headed right now, what you see is that the big players, your Xboxes, your Nintendos, uh, your Microsofts, they're, they're all doing what I would call toe dipping in crypto and they're screwing up some and some things they're getting right. Um, but big players are generally scared to go into new markets. They want to see how things shake out. And that's where this market is right now, is the big players are kind of waiting on the sidelines for companies like mine to go in and to get it right. And when companies get it right, there's going to be probably about four or five big players that get it right. Then you're going to see the Microsofts come in. Then you're going to see, you know, these other large companies come in and start buying out uh, the companies that have gotten it right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very, it's so, it's very, it's fascinating. It's almost like, uh, you know, when Netflix came on and then when they went streaming and then, you know, Blockbuster waited and then, then basically when Netflix took off, it was too late. So yeah. it's quite interesting. It's, it'll be interesting to see how this block, how blockchain gaming really, uh, you know, takes off and it develops. Um um, yeah, and, and kind of you're, you're very insightful on the, the Netflix analogy, because if you think about it, when somebody does achieve mass market penetration, yeah. um, and let's say they capture 1% of the $180 billion market, uh, that is a lot of money. And it's going to be very hard for a company to come in and put an offer on the table to uh, buy out that company. It's going to be a have to be a pretty massive offer yeah 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 it's almost like because OpenSea with nfts they were like the first they're the biggest and then like you see like coinbase try to launch their nft marketplace but you know hasn't been doing well just because they don't have that first mover advantage so um this uh and then this i'm gonna move on to plane which is really interesting so which uh which blockchain is the plane ecosystem built on is ethereum or polygon or tell me more well we're actually the coins are minted on uh binance smart chain um but it's the the interesting thing here is that a lot of folks uh focus on the blockchain that they're built on but really what matters is the language the contracts are written in. So these are written in Solidity. And the reason that matters is because these contracts are uh, built on a standard that can be transferred to uh, other ERC-20 uh, chains. So technically, that those uh, the contracts that are written on the Binance Smart Chain can also go over to Ethereum, can go over to a variety of other uh, chains. And what we're going to be very careful of as we move forward is not anchoring ourselves to a single chain. Uh, we want to be a, a multi-chain um, setup so that, uh, you know, if, if something happens to Binance, for example, Binance Smart Chain, and, and they have uh, deeper problems than some of the ones they've already experienced, we can say, okay, it's time to go over to Polygon, or, you know, it's time to go over to this other chain. So there's, there's opportunities for, um, security in the sense of you know what you're basing your system off of yeah yeah that's interesting yeah like these ecosystems like uh you have like the atom ecosystem and then you have like the thor chain ecosystem and is like it incorporates like all of you know for example like binance or ethereum so i think that's like 
I think we're headed towards like a multi-chain world. So, um, yep. I was, uh, I was actually talking with, uh, the uh, gentleman who's the uh, CTO for Thorchain and, and wow. was talking a lot about, you know, the multi-chain, um, protocols and, and, you know, very fascinating, very fascinating conversation, but, um, that's, uh, that that's a little bit deeper in technology to be quite honest than I get. Um, <laughs> he was, I was swimming in my conversation with him. My CTO would love the conversation, but me, I was swimming a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm also curious how um, the plane ecosystem plans to incorporate NFTs because uh, you know, you mentioned crypto and that's going to be like the way to like pay for skins and things that I'm curious how you plan to incorporate NFTs and how they'll be used. So that's a really interesting question because um, to put it very bluntly, uh, the way NFTs have been implemented in games to date has been a scam. Um, and that's why you get very mixed reactions from gamers when they talk about NFTs. Um, here's the way I set up the analogy. I'm going to sell you a Ferrari, but then I tell you on the back end, hey, you've got this Ferrari, but you've got to keep it in my garage. And you wouldn't buy that. I mean, nobody <laughs> would. It's, it's nonsensical. But yeah. that's what NFTs have been set up as right now. If you have an NFT, you have a marker on a blockchain that says you own this. But if the person or the entity, I should say, that sold you the NFT decides to stop hosting the NFT on their servers, you have nothing but a marker on a blockchain. So it's, I mean, it, it, like I said, it's, it's basically a, a scam. Um, and the way that, that currently it's been implemented. So the idea and the concept is good. Like the idea and concept is, hey, you own this and you can do with it what you will. And that's what we want instinctively as human beings. We like owning things, right? Yeah. Um, so what we're doing is, is, first of all, I'm staying far away from right now the word NFT. I'm, <laughs> I'm not trying to sell people NFTs. I'm trying to sell them transportable assets. Oh, which is what they think they were buying with NFTs in the, in the first place, right? I mean, that's, yeah. <laughs> um, and what we're doing is we're doing a, uh, our graphical standard is going to, is based on the USD standard that NVIDIA and Pixar created. And that uh, graphical standard is designed to allow interoperability between systems. So when we create something, what we want is we want it transportable between our games. So that cool sword, the cool skin, you know, whatever that is, transportable between games. We also want it transportable between our games and our metaverse. But I'll take that one step further because we don't want it just transferable on ours. We want you to be able to take things that you've gotten in our game and go to another open metaverse and be able to transfer those assets into that open metaverse and use them there. Because otherwise you really don't have anything but a Ferrari in my garage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this, they, uh, it's been a very fascinating conversation because you know, NFTs are still very early stages and right now it's just for like you know, JPEGs and um, 
like music, but now it's, it's been used for things like um, ticketing. And uh, so it's going to be interesting because uh, the analogy was like NFTs are going to be um, sort of the um, boxes of transporting the assets and value. Are really cool use cases for them. I mean, you mentioned, um, you know, the tickets and basically collectibles, um, but there's got to be transportability because without transportability, you're locked into like if it's a, an NFL ticket, you know, and, and I, I saw that at a game recently is I could, you know, buy a NFT of my ticket. Yeah. That's super cool in, in a certain sense, but unless that's transportable and you know, I know that the NFL is not going to get bored of it in five years and just delete the asset. Um, it, it doesn't, it, it doesn't have that lasting value for me. Yeah. 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 This has been a really fantastic conversation. I know um, people may want to, you know, find out more about you, you know, go to your website, contact you, or even work with you. So how can they do that? I'm a pretty easy guy to reach. Um, I, I even give out my email. I, I guess maybe I'll stop doing that if I get more <laughs> than like, you know, a couple hundred emails a day, which is about where I'm sitting. But uh, anybody who wants to reach out to me can do so at Matt, M-A-T-T, at playin, P-L-A-Y-N dot C-O. And happy to have a conversation with anybody who wants to reach out. Perfect, perfect. So, uh, Matt, thanks, thanks so much. And uh, for all the listeners, uh, Matt's um, resources and links will be included in the show notes. And we thank you so much for your time and talking to us about this game-changing, you know, technology and trends. Absolutely, I really appreciate you having me on. Thanks a lot. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news. Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. What a fantastic show. I hope you enjoyed our very special guest. Just remember, as a shout out to our this week's sponsor, CityVest.com. CityVest gives you access to the best real estate private equity funds with enhanced investment terms, verified due diligence, and lower risk. You can check them out at CityVest.com or click on the link in the show notes below to hear about their upcoming investment offerings. If you enjoyed that episode, don't forget, that's just the free content. We also have paid premium content subscription with better guests, information, updates, and discussions that can't be accessed anywhere else. You can subscribe to our premium content by clicking on the link in the show notes below to subscribe. Just a quick note, members who sign up for the bottom floor price introductory the first year will be grandfathered into that price for life. I expect the monthly subscription amount to increase quickly next year and the year after, so don't delay. 
I'm excited that you made it for another episode. You are truly the best. If you've been following the show for a while, you know that my passion is to bring you the education you need to find your path to financial freedom. Please come back week after week for new content, new resources, and great guests. Until then, if you haven't already, please be sure to check out the website, www.drchrislewmdphd.com for more support. I'll see you next week.